Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Now, good day, here's good your day, host, everyone. Paul this Lawrence is your Van. host, Paul Lawrence Van. I am the host for the Enter to Win coaching uh, series that's taking place 52 weeks this year. Once a week, every Tuesday for 30 minutes, we have someone that would apply uh, to win opportunity to ask some coaching questions and then uh, help coach through that process and just share not only with the individual who had won, but also with the listening audience and the Wealth Academy podcast community as well. So welcome today. And we have today, our guest is Angela Smith Anderson. Uh, Angela, how are you? Oh, uh, Paul, I'm very, I'm very good today. How, how about you? Doing great. Enjoying the weather. Yes, we have <laughs> a beautiful snowy day outside in the greater metropolitan Washington, D.C. area. And we're not mad with anyone because it's a great break from the norm. So it's, it's all good. Y- yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Angela, welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast coaching series. And it's an honor to coach you. During this coaching session, I'm going to address a few of your money questions during this episode. And uh, so at this time, Angela, what question do you have for me pertaining to money, having a money mindset and our financial intelligence? Well, Paul, I'm very interested in learning a little more about investing. Uh, what do you recommend uh, people do when it comes to investing in stock? Oh, great question. And I'll repeat it so people can hear it. And Angela asked, what do, you rec- what do I recommend when it comes to investing in stock? And I believe that as a part of one's portfolio, and one's portfolio can consist of uh, some savings in the bank, Uh, Also, uh, investing in other instruments uh, such as real estate, which we'll we'll probably get to as well. But we're going to talk about stocks right now. And when it comes to stock, I always tell people, and I'm going to, first of all, provide a disclaimer right now that I can't recommend a particular stock because of the laws that apply when it comes to investing in stock. But I'm just going to give it from my Mm -hmm. personal experience. And what it consists of is when we think about the things that we purchase at a store, let's say, for example, if we were to go to the the Tanger outlet and, you know, I'm big on onto uh, Adidas sportswear. And I said, you know, I really like their brand. I want to go here and purchase some stock in it. And I can do a little bit of research on them, not only on them, but someone else in that that uh, sports apparel area. And I would do my due diligence research to see, take a look at the price of that stock. And in all likelihood, I will invest in it. And one of the good things about investing in the stock is that we don't necessarily invest monies and then walk away from it. Sometimes we just leave that money in there for uh, several months, several years. And when we see some adjustments in the stock itself, uh, then we may want to sell, or if it goes goes uh, low, just buy it and just hold on to it. And so when it comes to investing in stock, it's not a overnight success, so to speak, uh, that, okay, I'll put in $5,000 and then months later, I'll get $50,000. It really doesn't happen. Uh-huh. That, it doesn't happen that way. It has to mature in many ways. And there are going to be some losses. There are going to be some gain. But once a person diversifies a particular stock, uh, then uh, it gives them a better opportunity to actually realize some gains. And uh, the reason why we diversified is, is because if we put, in many ways, 
uh, all of our eggs in one basket, the likelihood of some of them cracking is very high. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, okay. coming, that's coming from a guy that grew up and we had chicken, turkeys, and pigs, okay? So I use that, that country. Okay. <laughs> so you want to <laughs> diversify uh, your uh, stock portfolio. Some, some of the stock is uh, long-term, some is short-term, and then there are some with equity stocks that are in there as well. Uh, we can liken it unto someone who has a retirement plan. And their organization or company, uh, you, you pay into the retirement plan and then your company will pay half of it. And uh, mm-hmm. so what they typically do is have a diversification of the stock in there. It may be some, for example, in utilities. It could be a electric company, it could be a gas company. Uh, it may, they may very well be uh, an apparel company, as, as I was mentioning before, but it's all has to do with uh, different um, utilities, different parts of, of the economy. It could be even for part of a, of a highway, you know, a certain percentage uh-huh. of that. So it, it just depends. But I, I believe that uh, the people who are really are prospering in this field of people who have money and they're not necessarily concerned about whether they lose or not because they're playing from the long, long game as they call it, where they're looking at it for the long run. Okay, so I lost a little bit here this year, maybe next year I'll gain. And that's why they have the, uh, the financial advisors that provide them with the information. And of course, with financial advisors, they take a percentage of what's invested. So it would uh, really be a wise move would be to brush up on what the stock is and then how the stock market itself works and then get an advisor. But nowadays there are applications out there, apps that are out there that people can use. And of course, uh, some of them, one is called Nimbly. Uh, Of course, we have Robinhood that is in the news right now because of the GameStop issue. And so there's some apps out there that you can, you don't necessarily have to invest $500,000. You can invest five, 10, $15, depending on what, what the price of the stock is and how much you're going to purchase. So it, um, I, I would say it's a, be a great part of a, an investment portfolio, uh, but uh, one has to do their homework. And, and nowadays with, with technology being what it, what it is, uh, I would recommend that people go on, study up on it a little bit, talk to some friends, right. someone they know who uh, has been in the stock market for a long, long time. And uh, that would probably be the best uh, source that I would recommend uh, before just taking that, uh, like someone just won a billion dollars on the, I believe the Powerball. I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. put, put all of my money on the Powerball right now, just put a per- percentage. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the odds are, are in many ways, as they say, are really like when you go to the casino, the house really, mm-hmm. you have to beat the house and they're hard to beat them. The stock market is the same way. Yeah. So great question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you for uh, answering that for me. So um, so we talked a little bit about investing in stock. Um, what about, what would you recommend people do to position themselves to invest in real estate? And what are some insights you have about that variety of properties and stuff like Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you, Angela, uh, to me, real estate is the best one. It's the best one 
for me personally because everyone needs a roof over their heads, every, everyone. And there's so many different uh, elements and aspects of it. Uh, I myself had invested in some real estate uh, when I had a break in service and I worked for mobile oil company. So I invested in a single family property. So that's, that's one uh, category there. And then another one, I had friends that invested in apartment buildings, which is a really great one because you can 10 times your, your uh, earnings or, or revenue by just increasing the rent, let's say even in a 12 apartment apartment building or you can get mm -hmm. a, one can get a duplex uh, one can invest in office buildings like where a doctor uh, practices medicine or a dentist practice medicine you can invest in, in those and also uh, with uh, larger uh, corporate corporate business uh, office space as well and so there are quite a bit of uh uh, opportunities to go into real estate. But the great thing about real estate, and I'll give a couple of examples. When I was invested in it, I purchased the house in Texas. I was recalled back to the Air Force, so I leased that property out. So I had a tenants in that until I sold it, which meant I was getting a benefit on the tax side of house of the house, which of course is very important for tax write-offs and any improvements, write, write those off. And yet I had someone actually paying for the mortgage, even though I wasn't living in it. So when I moved to Maryland, uh, when I moved to Maryland, I purchased a house here. So in essence, I was actually earning money over the course of the year as a result of having tenants. Uh, the same thing can happen with someone who owns a duplex. I have a friend that owns a duplex in Raleigh, North Carolina, and so many people come to him to want to purchase it primarily because you can live on one side of it and the tenant on the other. That's a good deal uh -huh. because in, in many ways they're paying for both because uh, the, the fact that the amount of um, the lease that you offer to the person, that tenant, and the same thing could, could be uh, said for a person who's leasing out a room in their house. For example, I see on occasion in the Maryland DC area, people lease out their entire basement. And so uh -huh. for, for many people, they're, uh, their expenses to live in that property are reduced. But the other side of that is, okay, are you comfortable with having someone uh, in the basement? Uh, if, do they have access to upstairs or you have that blocked off, locked off, whatever. So uh, there are many ways of doing it. And then um, the, the uh, buy and hold is the term that's used for the property uh, eventually that I had in uh, Texas at where I would buy the property, but I would hold on to it for example, the life of the mortgage, whether it's 15 year mortgage, uh, which accelerates uh -huh. the, the principal and you pay less interest or the 30 year, which means you're gonna pay more interest over the life of that loan or if you sell it prior to uh, actually paying it off. And then with apartment buildings, theirs is even more in depth because you typically or potentially have, let's say 12, 12 apartment buildings. And even if you have one vacant, you can still cover your expenses because uh, the other 11 people who are residing in that property. So it, it can turn out to be a really wonderful uh, investment. And a lot of people are doing it and it's not as difficult as people think it is. And the main thing right now in the uh, real estate market is that the inventory of houses is low right now, which means it's a seller's market. Uh, meaning uh -huh. if someone may make an offer on it, 
uh, with a with a uh, inventory low inventory, you can actually get probably as a seller get the price that you want for the property. And I'm not sure about you, Angela, but I have several people contacting me to purchase my house. And I'm I'm looking at like okay, so I don't have my house for sale. So how do they know? Or why are they asking mm -hmm. me? Well, what people are doing right. is hoping that you would pick up the phone or respond to their text message or, or, or whatever they are doing, messaging. And, uh, but people mm -hmm. are actively looking for properties because they know they can move them. They know they can move. Even uh, when we look at COVID, uh, the whole issue right now is uh, we're trying to prevent evictions. A lot of people mm -hmm. have been evicted out of apartments and someone owns those apartment buildings. Let's say that mom and pop has a, um, a business owners, they are leasing out a property. Well, if they're not receiving money, it hurts them a lot more than an investment group. Uh, we can look, for example, at um, the fool.com and they're more of a, an investment firm, but they also do real, real estate too. They're located right in Alexandria, okay. Virginia, just off Duke Street. And uh, they have this portfolio that each month they will show you which properties you can invest in. And you don't have to put five, 10,000 in. You could put $1,000 on it or 500. And so someone can invest in those properties. And, and by the end of the year, they'll get a certain percentage of whatever the earnings are. And typically the earnings are going to be there because there's still a lot of professionals who are working, even though they are remote employees. But when we look at the okay. large, mm -hmm, when we look at the large investor oriented real estate uh, developers, they're looking at uh, huge entire communities. It could be an entire subdivision. And so a small subdivision is basically a small city, a mini city. And, uh -huh. and so they can make and make money off that. They can leverage if all the houses aren't sold. And so they, they'll be able to put together a financial package with a lender that would still allow them to make uh, money on it uh, even though it's not full occupancy of the property. Yeah. So I, I like, okay. real estate. I like real estate investing. And uh, again, when we look at COVID in all likelihood, what we're going to see over the next 12 months is uh, mortgage foreclosures. We're going to see people evicted out of their homes, really to no fault of their own. Uh, no one asked for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. No one deserves COVID-19 but it's becoming a fact of life for all of us, just like in 2008. And what's happened, the difference between 2008 is that we didn't have a deadly pandemic that was taking place. And what has happened since mm -hmm. 2008 and now, Angela, is the fact that the amount of evictions and mortgage foreclosures is twice what it was in the Great Recession back in 2008 in that time frame. But real estate, okay. real estate investing is still, you know, really a hot hot market. And um, I'm looking at getting back in. <laughs> I'm looking at getting yeah. back into it. Yeah, because it can can throw off some pretty good revenue. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what I have. Do you have any other questions in the line of uh, real estate investing? Um, so as far as real estate, you mentioned uh, an organization, a local organization. Yes. Um, so they're so they're small because they're not like a corporation. So they don't do you because you mentioned larger larger um, investors will will invest in a whole community, but this smaller one they allow a person. Say for example, a person like me, 
mm-hmm. I can invest a small amount into their company and then I can see right. a revenue, right. you know, later on. Yeah. So uh, can you talk a little more about that? Sure. Absolutely. In fact, I received an email from their call, um, fool. And what it is, these two guys, they actually wore like a, a clown type outfit, but they were some serious uh, businessmen, but they just used that mm-hmm. as a marketing, as a marketing uh, campaign. And they mm-hmm. started this investment company called fool F O O L.com. And you can go online, look at Google and you'll see them. And they're right off Duke street in Virginia, just across the bridge. And uh, what mm-hmm. they what they do, they have a program called Million Acre. And Million Acre, they publish a, a monthly book. You'd have to get a subscription for it. And each month they would provide you with information on properties that you can invest in. It could be apartment complexes. It could be in full residential properties. It could be mm-hmm. office buildings. And I think when I looked at uh, them, I considered joining them, but then I said, well, I had so many other things going on to have to wait, but I believe they were doing mm-hmm. maybe two, it was going for about 300 a year, but they had a discount at about 229 at one point, but I still didn't do it because, mm-hmm. you know, I have to go with what's inside my spirit tells me to do. And my spirit right. at the time, care of these other things before you do this thing. But uh, it mm-hmm. does, they do research, they do market research. Uh, they show you the properties and it's all online. And uh, okay. let's say if you wanted to invest in some uh, office space for dentists or doctors or frontline workers, so to speak, uh, they would mm-hmm. uh, show you that property and you can invest say 500 or you can invest a thousand and you will be able to get a percentage off of it at the end of the year when they pay out the, uh, the uh, it's kind of like a commission at the end of the year. Yeah. And so, okay. so yeah, they're, they definitely uh, is someone I would look at. And there are some other companies out there doing the same thing, but some of the companies you have to leave your money in there for five years. So uh, oh, okay. it, it's, again, it, it, for all of us who do research uh, and we do in, consider investing in whatever, instruments out there, it, it would really behoove us to just do a little bit more research and talk to people who are actually doing it and then getting a feel for it. And, and so that's, that's really the best approach I recommend. And again, a disclaimer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, having a disclaimer out there, getting a financial advisor, if you're looking at the stock, and then when it comes to real estate, uh, just relying on some of the experts who are out there. And um, sometimes it may even be a real estate broker. And sometimes I would imagine the real estate brokers are not even aware of all the properties because they're just working in their region or in the the city. Mm -hmm. And so the other, Mm -hmm. like food.com, they are working with people nationally. They're getting their data from the people and and different things such as that. So they have a broader uh, perspective of uh, the real estate market and, and uh, instruments that people can invest in the different types like residential apartments, office buildings, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, well, I hope I have uh, time for a few more questions. Sure, absolutely. Okay, because they really um, opened up some things for me. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, 
finding a real estate, I mean, I'm sorry, not a real estate, but a an, an investment broker? Uh, yes. Uh, when we look, a financial advisor for stock. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Financial advisor. Right. So how do you, how do you find, like, how would you know if, if a person on, uh, you know, that they're really looking out for your best interest? And oh, what a, what a wonderful question, because there are some people who have a financial advisor. And uh, if that finance advisor uh, doesn't look out for your best interest, then one would be in trouble. We would just put that mm-hmm. out there because they will invest, take your money, invest in your stock and in, in stocks. And it, if you don't approve it, uh, then there's nothing you can do about it. But you can set up the agreement with the financial advisor and they have to follow uh, different state and federal laws as well in, in terms of how they go about it. But uh, one could look at um, just Google it on um financial advisors, and then you'll see different uh, companies out there that actually uh, provide financial advising to people. So there actually may be an office building with maybe a dozen uh, advisors in there, or you could always go to a credit union and, and ask them, hey, can you refer one to me? Or a bank, a lot of times a bank will have one. I know one of the banks I work with, they have a person there that would go over uh, different um, aspects of investing right there in the bank. So uh, whoever you bank with, you can always uh, look online to see if they have one or some in the area that that do happen to have uh, some financial advisors that actually work directly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. That sounds real good. Mm -hmm. That's a good source. Yeah. Yeah. Having that good referral. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because there's so many different things out there, it's hard to, yeah, you know, like I said, who has your best interest. That's very true. That, that's why we see mm. a lot of times we see uh, uh, professional athletes and someone recommends mm-hmm. a financial advisor to them. The financial advisors, in some cases, they look and say, oh, this person has a lot of money. So they, you know, may not have their best interest at heart. And uh, I know mm-hmm. uh, one that played for the Miami Heat, uh, a well-known individual that played for Georgetown, and he invested a million dollars and he lost all of it uh, wow. with the advisor because they look at it and, you know, the eyes get kind of big and, and they, mm-hmm. they just go in without really doing the due diligence. They're figuring, well, you know, the, the well would not go dry, but the well will go dry if you keep losing a million dollars. Right, mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. And so that leads me to, I did hear the, the GameStop and you mentioned uh, Robinhood. Because yeah. I did hear someone talking about mm-hmm. uh, the GameStop. Um, yeah. And I just thought about, okay, where's the little store that they buy the games from? Exactly. Because, you know, they have them out on the military bases, too, at one point out there at the Joint Base. Andrew. Yes. Well, uh, Game, mm-hmm. GameStop itself, of course, is a brick and mortar type business. And as you stated, they go in and they have different uh, games in there that, that uh, they can uh, play. So it's a uh, video game retailer. And so mm-hmm. they sell products, of course, and they've been having a very hard time in terms of video game sales. And so instead of it being the brick and mortar, you actually go there to visit it. COVID cut a lot of that out. They decided to take mm-hmm. it online. And what happened uh, when Reddit 
which is owned by what was founded by um, who is it? Uh, the, the tennis star uh, Serena Williams. Her husband helped find Reddit, and Reddit is like an online kind of business, kind of like Facebook, and people go on there and they connect, kind of like Twitter, whatever, like that. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. so they came up with uh, people on there, and they said, "Hey, you know, we're gonna go here." Even though it's stated that that GameStop is not a, uh, it may go out of business because of COVID nineteen and people can't go in, you know, the social distancing, uh, safety and everything, and so they decided, mm-hmm. hey, let's pool together and let's invest in GameStop, and let's do it through Robinhood because Robinhood gives one that access to do that, and so basically what it came down to was the little guy. They're, uh-huh. they're going up against the big hedge fund managers. Hedge fund managers have multi-million dollar investors. And so they have to pay a certain amount of money to be able to invest in stock. And they, they meaning the hedge stock fund people, they considered it to be, well, the stock is not going to go up that much. But what happened over about a six month period of time, um, the stock actually increased by 8,000%. And what happened, the small guy went up against the major hedge fund companies. And so it's basically amateur stock traders were on the internet and they're saying, hey, we're gonna invest in GameStop. They just love Mm -hmm. the game, game and video business. And the hedge fund managers kind of brushed it off like, well, they, they won't be able to do that much. So the next thing that happened, they started purchasing stock, purchasing game stock, purchasing it. And they and all of a sudden, the stock was just increasing and increasing and increasing. And at a certain point, Robinhood no longer allow the small guys, just in vernacular, to purchase any more stock because some of them were making maybe $10,000, a teacher make $10,000. Um, another mm-hmm. fellow, a lady, a million dollars. They, they invest a million dollars, took the stock and they sold it because they, they did what's called like a short sale in real estate where they buy the property, mm-hmm. they don't really own it, but they sell it and take out a certain percentage of it. And so what mm-hmm. happened, uh, they, they call it short selling. And what they're primarily doing, they, the professional investors were borrowing shares of stock to sell them and then buy it back later so they can get a return. And this helps them to pocket the profit if the stock price goes down. And so basically they were betting that the company would fail and that being the, the big hedge fund investors. But uh, mm. so a lot of the, they call foul, the hedge manager call a foul. And at that point, Robin Hood told the amateur investors, well, we're, we're gonna stop the, giving you the access to purchase uh, game stock and they stopped them from doing it. And so that's why they're going on Capitol Hill over the next week or two, because some they have to find out, well, who told you to stop them? Robin Hood, who told you to stop allowing the amateur investors to invest? And they did it because mm-hmm. the amateur investors were given the big hedge fund investor the business, meaning they were beating them at mm-hmm. their own game. Whereas it's reported right. that over the years that the big investor, hedge fund investor was, was uh, really 
taking advantage of the small amateur investors. And so this was the small amateur investors opportunity to, to get in there and win just a little bit. So, mm -hmm. um, so what happened, um, so the Reddit community itself, uh, they basically just decided they were gonna go in and they were gonna and, and invest, go up against the big hedge fund managers and win and they won. But then again, on the other hand, a lot of the hedge fund managers lost. They lost millions of dollars because the price of the stock, it uh, was going down. And what the hedge fund people were gonna do was buy it and then sell it back. And it's kind of inflates the, um, the uh, investment pool itself when you, you, you purchase mm -hmm. it, sell it and buy it back. And so that's primarily what happened. But the interesting thing is that they were not, they meaning game stock wasn't the only uh, stock was being a short sale as far as publicly traded companies. Some other companies were AMC theaters. You know, when we go to the movies, Bed, mm -hmm. Bath, Bed Bath and Beyond was in there. And then even Blockbuster, who had been out of business for years, I guess they still have some residual business out there. But uh, they were also included in the short sale of the, uh, the uh, stocks as well. So uh, it, it turned out to be a really tough situation. And from what the information that, that I uh, have researched on, uh, the short sellers had lost $23.6 on game stock wow. in January of 2021, this being the last day. 23.6. So that tells you there were a lot of people invested in GameStop. And uh, a lot of the hedge fund managers were trying to recover their position, meaning they were losing money. And they have to make mm -hmm. it they have to make it right through uh, the investment circles that, that, that they happen to be in. So mm -hmm. that's kind of um, what happened. Uh, with that, that entire process. It's interesting and it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Capitol Hill as well, because uh -huh. 23.6 billion, that's enough money to, to, to get a meeting going on the Hill. That's enough. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, that, that's kind of what happened in, in quote unquote layman's term or the average person on the street as they used to say in the business class. What would the mm -hmm, average person mm -hmm. on the street uh, do about this or think about that or what, what they purchased? So yeah, that, that's what's uh, taking place with that. And I know the last big thing that I saw with GameStop was that they were selling the, um, the video game players. What, what, was, what did they call that one? The, not, the, like the, the Xbox. PS5? Yeah. Yeah, oh, the Xbox. yeah, they were selling mm -hmm. it through their company. So that would give them a lot because that that particular equipment, uh, entertainment equipment, they they sold out of them. So they had a waiting list. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the fact that they would sell it, it, it helped their business as well because people could, you know, come up and you know, curbside, purchase it, pick it up, whatever like that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's what happened on that front. So um, do you have any other questions, Angela? Um, no, I, I think that really helps me um, get started and doing my research, particularly, you know, for uh, 
when it comes mm-hmm. to real estate and, and investing in stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I really I think that's really going to help me and, and get me started. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know we have to start small. Oh yeah. You know, I don't want to bite off more too much at the, at, at once. Exactly. And yeah. um, when we think about the stock and, market, all we have to do is think about the things that we purchase, whether it's clothing, whether it's a vehicle, um, food, mm-hmm. food products. And uh, for me, if I like something, then the likelihood is I would invest in it. And that's, that's kind of the, pers- okay. I, the pr- perspective I take on stock. And then mm-hmm. when I look at uh, real estate, and, and I, I love real estate because you can actually see it, right? You can touch it in mm-hmm. the location. Mm-hmm. And so to me, real estate, um, and at least for me, I, I really like it because I've done it uh, a little bit over the years and been in investment, real estate investment clubs before here locally in Washington, D.C. Okay. And work with people, property managers, uh, people to look at your property in your absence, pay them a fee, but it's the fee is definitely worth it. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. and uh, when I had the property in Texas, the, the primary reason why I ended up selling that property is because about after five hurricanes, I decided that I could not be stressed about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided, right. well, um, I'm going to sell this property. And lo and behold, a real estate agent, uh, she did a showcase the house where they brought in furniture and stuff. I wasn't there. And then a neighbor across mm-hmm. directly across the street came over and looked at it. And he said, well, if you fix this thing in the house, I'll purchase it. I said, it's a done deal. Basically what happened wow. with the property, it was in Texas. It was the, the entire community was built over formerly rice fields. And so the properties would sink. And so they had to bring an engineer out to lift the house back up out of the the sand that was, you know, going into the ground and they were able to do mm-hmm. it and it didn't cost that much. And so uh, there was no out of pocket for me, but I was able to, to uh, make a nice profit. I made more than I paid for the house. Almost, almost double. Okay. Yeah. Almost doubled it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Paul, well, that's great. Paul likes real estate. <laughs> yeah. 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 I certainly want to, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, get more get involved with that as well mm-hmm. so I do know and like I, you said it's a way of diversifying absolutely because when we put everything our eggs in one basket if this market goes down then you've lost everything if you have stocks just in one area and that market is hit and right now we know a lot of businesses have closed so whoever invested in those properties they're losing a lot, even with people, mall management, like Simon companies mm-hmm. down there at Potomac Mills and all that. They own uh, different malls all over the country. You can imagine mm-hmm. how much of a hit that they are taking. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So even right. with the, with the uh, PPP, which is the personal, which, which is the um, property that would cover uh, businesses uh, important mm-hmm. and everything. It's still not enough to really keep them strong. So we're going to see a lot of uh, businesses closing that would never open back up. Some are operating right. with remote employees, some at 50% capacity. And then the other ones are just mm-hmm. going to probably declare a bankruptcy and maybe try to reorganize their, their business uh, and try to come out on the other side. So, you know, uh, Walmart, okay. Walmart uh, example and, and Amazon, for example, 
their businesses are made for pandemics. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then once Amazon right. once Amazon throws in the drones for delivery, it's game over then. <laughs> because right. you don't even have to leave your house. Uh-huh. They're delivered by a drone. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, you know, thank you for asking these wonderful questions and mm-hmm. and uh hopefully I've provided the answers that you need. And we want other people who are listening also. Uh, that this is a wonderful time of the year to really lay out an assessment of where you are. I always uh, talk to people in regards to assess where they are now to find out what the net worth is. A net worth for one person compared to another is really not relevant. What's relevant is what's mm-hmm. relevant to the individual themselves. I don't compare myself to, to anyone else because it's my experience and it's their experience. But the best thing that we can ever do for ourselves is find out how much, how many assets we have, how many debts we have, and that gives us our net worth. And then we can go on and build from there, setting up an emergency savings account. For example, we've been going through this almost 11 months come February with the pandemic and people who have Mm -hmm. saved emergency funds, they're actually using them now and now they see the value of it. Yes. And so even if they're getting an unemployment check, they already have a backup. They have planned for the backup in the first place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a, a good day. And then uh, looking at, you can still invest now. Uh, there's nothing wrong with in, investing because the industry, uh, I would say if you invest in mask, whew, that's a good investment. <laughs> hand, right. san- hand sanitizer, right. that's a good investment. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, some of the delivery services, another good good uh, example. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, toilet paper. I mean, who, whoever thought that was, a, you know, invest, but it, it is a good investment, really good investment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, those industries are going to be strong for a long time, a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, Angela. Uh, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest uh, here in this coaching series. This is uh, episode five, and I really appreciate you uh, for uh, coming on board and uh, asking questions and uh, it helps you and it also helps the listeners as well. And uh, thank you so much. And we'll do it again. When something else comes up, we're going to come back and do something else. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. I have plenty of questions. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Have a great uh, rest of this day and weekend. And February is about to arrive. So let's have a great uh, month of February. And thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Really appreciate your time. Will do. And for all our listeners here with Wealth Academy Podcast, we thank you for taking out time to listen to this episode with our uh, honored guest, the Enter to Win guest, Angela Smith-Anderson. We thank her for taking the time out of her schedule uh, to come in and ask some questions and it helps us all. And we're all in this together when when we really look at this and to uh, receive some advice on investing and real estate as two great areas in which we can all consider. Uh, My time is up and I thank you for yours again. I'm the host, Paul Lawrence Van. We thank you at Wealth Academy Podcast. See you on the next coaching session, everyone, and have a great day. Thank Thank you you for listening. You will find the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy podcast, rate or review the podcast on iTunes.